Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your opening host today, and you're going to hear a little bit more from me here in a few minutes as I answer questions live from our listening community. You see, once a week or so on Mondays, typically, we go live on Zoom in our 73,000 member Facebook group, and we take questions from anyone and everyone of all experience levels. And we do our best as an expert team of leaders and coaches in this community to answer those questions. And sometimes that turns into really good content that's very useful. So we started capturing it and putting it on our weekend updates, which is what this is. If you're listening to this episode, right when it's released, hey, it's Saturday. We've just kicked off a new month too. So how about you start off the new month and your weekend the right way with some great content from the leadership team of the Silent Sales Machine Radio podcast. Now, I've been earning money from the internet as the only source of income for my family of seven for over 20 years now. And that experience has grown into a team of others who are far more qualified than me in most cases on all kinds of other areas of expertise, including specifically the one we're most excited about for most of our new students is Amazon. There's huge opportunity there, and that's what this podcast is all about. So before we get into the content today, if you're new around here, this podcast features hundreds of success story interviews with students of ours. These are coaching students that we've coached to success. They're also proven Amazon course students, which is our flagship Amazon training course that teaches all manner of different strategies but it starts all new sellers, regardless of where you live in the world, with the exact same strategy that's been proven and time-tested over and over and over again. That's what this podcast is about. All those great success stories, along with great tips and strategies for not just Amazon success, but multiple streams of income. But we love to start those who are new with Amazon and specifically with our replens selling model. Well, that's enough of a good intro for now. If you're new around here, hopefully you appreciated some of those updates. We've got a great Facebook group, 73,000 plus members, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, actually we take Sundays off and pause the group, but you can join us and see great people from all over the world who are using the strategies we teach to grow incredible businesses. Over 1,900 success posts in that Facebook group that you can scroll through. Pretty incredible, huh? So, hey, enjoy this weekend update. These are some of the best moments from a recent live Q&A session, and hopefully it serves you very well. Hey, have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. So, Craig, yeah, buddy, love to take your question if you're ready to go, and then I'll jump into those other questions that I just read. Sure, no no problem. And again, I've I've said this in the group a million times. I don't even know where I would be without the group. It's just been such a an amazing group of people that are all so helpful. And uh, I listen to your podcasts and it's just such an amazing resource. So thank you, first of all. Awesome. Thank you so much for saying that, buddy. I really appreciate it. Never gets old having people uh, appreciate all the hard work we put into what we do around here, man. But thanks for that, Craig. How can I help you out, buddy? Yeah, I, I actually asked a question and I didn't quite get an answer to it in the group, which was um, one of the things I try to do is to find underserved listings, right? Listings sure. where there's a lot of sales and not enough people to fill those sales. Okay. But I'm finding that the different software, whether it's Keepa or SellerAmp or, or any of the other software, the estimated monthly sales are so varied that I don't 
know which one is the best one or how to correctly determine. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on sort of the best way to accurately determine how many sales a month of a particular product there are. Sure. Well, let me let me just uh, make sure we're talking about the same terminology here. Because when I say underserved listings, I don't necessarily mean a listing where no one is selling. I mean a listing where you could reasonably expect to slide in next to the other sellers who are already there and make at least a handful of sales per month. That's what I mean by underserved, meaning there's room for you to serve there too. So I don't necessarily start off by looking for something that has a whole bunch of sales and only a few sellers. That's not a metric that I believe that we teach, actually, or at least not recently have we taught anything like that. Because to me, an underserved listing is simply one, again, where I can slide in as yet another seller. I may be the 28th seller. I may be the 64th seller. But I can reasonably expect to make at least a handful of profitable sales per month on that, that ASIN. So that so, means there's a whole lot more open to you than what you might be considering if you're using the metric as you just described, where you're looking for stuff that's selling a lot and only a few sellers. Those are out there. And those are great to find. But are you okay with me going further in this direction uh, with my answer? Is it making sense so far? I just, maybe I used the wrong terminology. I guess um, it's not so much that there aren't people selling because I can see their inventory levels, right? So it's more like if something sells even just a couple hundred a month, but I look in the inventory and the sellers all have two units. And like you said, I look and I say, okay, I can... I can probably get in here with a handful of units and expect that every month I'm going to sell them. But I don't know, you know, one thing says 200 a month and one thing says a thousand a month. Sure. I mean, that's, that's too large a difference for me to know okay. which one is accurate. Yeah. And I'll get into knowing how many times per month an ASIN actually sells in just a moment, because Unless you're the one selling it and you're the only one selling it, no one knows except Amazon how many times per month anything sells. All the software out there is guessing, but I'll get into that in a moment. That's why you're seeing such wild swings in the estimates. And that's why I don't rely on them at all. I could care less what any piece of software out there says about how many times per month an ASIN is selling. It could be so wildly off that it's borderline useless to even look at that number on any software tool on the market. Okay. I'm really strong on that point, but let's go back and talk about finding underserved listings for just a moment. So what is an underserved listing from my vantage point? Again, it's just one that I can reasonably expect to sell a handful per month at a price that's profitable to me. I don't care if there's another seller that has 5,000 units already there. What indicates to me that it might have potential for me, one of many indicators that I might look at, and this isn't something I'm going to be able to cover in depth here, but this I think will get you steered back in a good direction, is... You have to look at Amazon, go back and listen to podcast episode 554, where we talk about ignoring the buy box. What I mean by that is you can't look at Amazon as one big warehouse that all the sellers are serving. It's hundreds of warehouses. So the guy with a bunch of units may have all of his inventory sitting in Los Angeles. And here you are with one unit up for sale in Tampa, Florida, right down the street from someone who needs a unit right now. You don't have to be price sensitive if you're sitting in that warehouse. You could be priced well above the buy box, even though there's multiple other sellers with way more inventory than you have. So I don't spend time analyzing how much inventory other sellers have. I could care less. 
typically. If it's a fast-moving ASIN, I'm going to send in a few to test. I don't care how many other sellers there are. I don't care how much inventory they have. I don't care where their prices are. The only thing I'm looking at is my worst-case scenario is if I've got to get rid of this inventory because it just hasn't moved, say, six weeks from now, and I just want to move it, if I drop down to buy box, am I losing money? If I'm not losing money at buy box, if I'm breaking even or making just a little bit, I'm going to test a few units. That is an underserved ASIN. Buy box represents a break-even price for me. I can come in higher than that, hopefully make a few sales. If I don't, I drop to buy box, get my money back. If I do make a few sales, awesome. Send in a few more units. That's the beauty of the fast-moving ASINs. And when I say underserved listings, that's what I'm, that's one of the things that I'm talking about. So you're kind of you're getting off into the weeds a little more than you need to. Don't overcomplicate it. Uh, on on that front. Does that help you, Craig? Does that help maybe clarify a little bit more about uh, what you could and should be looking for, maybe ignoring some of the data points you're even looking at so far? I've got more to say about estimating sales here in just a moment, but so far, is that helpful? Yes, thank you. That was super, super helpful. And I'll definitely listen to 554. Good. Okay. And I can't remember if it's 552 or 554. Somebody go back and research that for me. I'm hoping it's 554. Just see what that episode is. If you don't mind, if someone could just put it in the comments or, or let me know. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was it because I've got so many episodes. I try to memorize the, the, the ones that we reference frequently. So now let's talk about the estimation of total sales volume. There isn't a tool on the market. I don't care if it costs $20 a month or if it costs $8,000 a month. There's not a tool on the market that's accurately estimating with any kind of reasonable consistency the volume of total sales per month of any ASIN. If the software you're using puts a number in the field of estimated monthly sales volume, ignore it, delete it, pretend it's not even there. Amazon does not share that information with anyone ever. Nobody knows. Unless you're the only seller on that ASIN and you're the only one that's made some sales, that person knows. Amazon simply doesn't share it. This is why we love Keepa. Go back and listen to podcast episode 369. And uh, I said 554 on the other episode, right? That's what I said before, I'm pretty sure. Yes, so I got it right, hopefully. I (laughs) always get those two confused, 554. All right, that's someone's confirming that for me. So I said it correctly. But if you go back and listen to podcast episode 369, we talk about Keepa, why it's so important. What Keepa does is it monitors the changes in sales rank on every listing on Amazon. That gives you the best possible estimation tool that you'll ever have at knowing which ASINs are moving fast, selling really well, and which ones are selling a little slower. If you count the number of times the sales rank changes, keeping in mind that the only way that the sales rank can go from a low position, say ranked 100,000, up to rank, say 50,000, would be if a sale had occurred, at least one sale, could have been multiple sales. But the only way for sales rank to move in a positive direction is for at least one sale to occur. So once you count the number of changes in sales rank, you can start to estimate. And it's a pretty wide open estimation tool. But we typically say, if Keepa is telling you that the sales rank has changed, say, 15 or fewer times in a month, that's probably pretty close to accurate how many times that product sold. Once you get over 25, 30, or 40 drops or changes in rank per month, you got to multiply that number by anything between two, three, or four, all the way up to six or 10 to get the window of how fast that product is moving. 
Because again, we didn't make up the rules that Amazon doesn't tell us how many times per month ASINs sell. What we did do is narrow down the best way to have the best shot at estimating with a very wide range of error approximately how many times per month something is selling. So if, so if Keepa tells us that the sales rank changed or the sales rank dropped, as we like to say, 40 times in a month, that might mean that that product sold 200 times in the month. It might mean that it sold 400 or 600 or 800 times in a month. You just don't know. But it does mean it's probably worth testing because it's moving pretty fast. So don't get hung up on any tool that tells you how many times per month products sell or even the rank at any given time. Rank can swing wildly. A product can be ranked top 10 right now. Go back an hour later, it's in the top 10,000. It's dropped dramatically. You come back an hour and a half later, it's back up to the top 100. So if you just look at a little snapshot in time, you're not getting a full picture. That's why we like Keepa. Go back and listen to podcast episode 369. That'll really help you get started. If you get into the Replens training course inside the Proven Amazon course, you're going to see some great content that really helps you start to learn Keepa and unpack a lot of the content that Keepa provides us, a lot of the data. What Keepa does that no other tool does, it's only $20 a month. We've referred them thousands of users. I've received a few hundred dollars in affiliate commissions because I've never used my affiliate link. But they scrape Amazon.com and all the Amazon sites. They scrape it and pull their own data off of Amazon. Most tools that are any good at all are paying to get the data that Keepa scrapes. No one else scrapes Amazon like Keepa does. That's why you got to keep in mind Keepa is as best you're going to ever get when it comes to estimating sales volume. And the more you do this, the more that'll make sense to you. Why you just can't rely on tools because you can look at three or four of the top rated, highly respected tools in the industry and say, okay, how many times per month does this ASIN sell? And you check it on all the popular tools. And you're going to hear, like you just said, Craig, you can hear anything from, oh, it only sells 100 times a month to, wow, this sells 25,000 times a month. Well, who's right? The only thing I would rely on is go back to Keepa, say, okay, Keepa says it drops 30 times a month. That means I can multiply that number by three or four, all the way up to 10, somewhere between 90 and 3,000 is probably about what this sells, you know, somewhere in there. It's hard to know until I get in and test. And that's why we test ASINs. That's why we talk about test-worthy ASINs. Is it worth my time to test it? So once you know that it's likely to sell because it's moving at a significant speed, now all you got to determine is, can I make a handful of sales per month profitably or not? If I can, I'm going to hop on that ASIN for a while. That's what we mean by test-worthy ASINs. Hopefully that helps you out, Craig. And there's a lot of other strategies that go into finding good replens. I'm just kind of scraping the surface, hopefully getting your mindset in the right place because so often new sellers start off thinking, oh, I got to find a good product. I got to find a good product. And then you think, oh, I got to find something that's selling really fast with just a few sellers or something that's selling really fast with, with, uh, with just a few sellers and none of them can have very high inventory or that means I'm not going to get on it. Or hope, hopefully Amazon's not selling it too because that means I'm going to stay away. And all those rules of thumb that you kind of, you put yourself into this little narrow lane of what you're looking for when in reality... Right now, there's millions of underserved ASINs that are worth testing. They're everywhere. Especially if your worst case scenario is break-even buy box. Yeah, 
hop on it, put it at a price that's profitable to you. One of the things I hear a lot of newbies say is, I just can't find any profitable products. Well, that tells me you haven't studied replens yet because you set the price when you send it in. You decide how much profit you want. Now, whether a customer buys it or not, who knows? But most of the time, on the fast-moving ASINs, there's going to be somebody over the course of the next six weeks or so who's near the warehouse where your unit is sitting who says, I don't care what the cheapest prices are. I don't care to wait four days to get the best price from Los Angeles. I'm in Tampa, and I want it an hour from now, and there's only one unit available close enough to me to get it an hour from now. They buy your unit at a really nice ROI. So understanding the regional benefits, that's episode 554 of the podcast, silentgym.com. That'll really help you out identifying these underserved listings that we're always talking about. Okay, Dina says to everyone, what is the difference between proven brand branded bundles? That's provenbrandedbundles.com, the new branded bundling course we're launching and the other content already in the proven Amazon course that discusses bundling. We've got our proven brand building, which is a different class. That's a module already in the proven Amazon course. All of our content winds up in the Proven Amazon course eventually, just when we first launch it, especially if it's a live class, we like to pay the teachers a little bit. Those who are eager, pay a few bucks, hop in, learn it when it's hot and fresh. Everyone else, you're going to be waiting several months and then we'll roll it in eventually. But the difference is we're learning a ton about launching bundles effectively, how to promote them, how to get traffic to them, what keywords to use, how to set up an effective listing. We've never covered these things before. Some of the new ways that you can add value to bundles, some of the creative ways that you can discover new niche markets that are underserved when it comes to creative branded bundles, we're learning a ton. We've got some students who are killing it and we're learning from them. So this is cutting edge, never before taught strategies mixed in with some of the foundational concepts that we've taught in the past. So if you've played with bundles or if you're thinking about starting to play with bundles, this course is for you. The prerequisite is we'd really, really like to see you have some momentum and understanding of the replans model first, because our most successful bundle students understand this lesson. I can't overemphasize this enough. One of the reasons we love replans is because you start to discover some of these little underserved niches where products are just flying off the shelf. And even on the podcast I recorded today, Leanna made the brilliant observation. She's one of the, the teachers, along with Nathan, in the, this new course in the uh, provenbrandedbundles.com course, she said, a tanked listing, you know, everyone loves to talk about, they don't love it, but they talk about, oh, my price tanked. Oh, it's a tragedy. The price tanked on this great ASIN. That's terrible. All these sellers came along and the price tanked. Well, no, what you've just seen is a great ASIN to make into a bundle. Whatever that product is, you need to make it into a bundle because there's a lot of sellers and a lot of buyers who are hopping all over that thing. It's not bad news. It's a clue to the next best-selling bundle product that you could be putting together. But you need to learn to identify the replens that are moving really quickly, the ones that have a lot of search volume, the ones that you're thinking, wow, there should be more listings for this product. There's only a couple listings and they have a whole line of products. I could probably do some interesting branded bundles here. Put it under your brand, put a unique item in there that no one else can duplicate. We dive very deeply in this new bundle training over what kind of products can be added in. Nathan was sharing, he's got a, uh, what is uh, a laminate tile 
bundle that he put together. He was sharing the details of it. A, a tool and the the sealants and the tiles and this is everything you need to put down laminate tile in a room. He's the only one with that kind of bundle. And he's got a unique item in there that's fairly hard to track down and find that he's added in and it's doing well. It's doing really well for him. We've got students with dozens of successful bundles. So we've learned a ton over the past couple of years since we launched any major bundle content. So this is the latest and greatest ideas. Great question from Dina about our new provenbrandedbundles.com class that's forming. The class starts September 19th. So if you're listening to a recording this after that point, we'll be adding the content to that page, selling it separately at some point. Or if you're super patient and you're a proven Amazon course student, within nine months or so, we'll roll the content into a proven Amazon course. But as a proven Amazon course student or a coaching student, you get a huge discount that makes it a no-brainer for you to jump in right now. A bunch of people already have. So you can take the live class and kind of build some relationships with others in a private Facebook group as these classes are taught and recorded. So that's a great option for a lot of people as well. How do you get products ungated is a question uh, Deshaun typed in the chat. And I would love to see, uh, turn on your cameras, guys, ask your questions live. We always love the audio, but I'm happy to answer questions in the chat as well. But just raise your hand using the uh, reactions button on the screen there on Zoom. And happy to take some of these questions live as well. But how do you get products ungated? This is a ridiculously popular. I would say if we had a list of the questions that get asked the most frequently, this would definitely make the top five list, ungating. It tells me that you haven't been selling very long because once you've sold 30 or 40 items, maybe a few more than that, gates start falling open. I interviewed for the podcast today a new uh, a couple that's starting to see some really good success. And they attested that this is true, that Jim, you say it all the time, but we found out it's true. Once you've sold 30 or 40 items, it could be anything. You find those gates just falling open. Okay, so ungating. There's several categories that day one, as a brand new seller who just signed up, these categories, for the most part, are wide open and have all kinds, millions of products that you can sell. And once you've sold 30 or 40 of those products, the other gates start to magically just fall open. Here's two suggestions for you. One, get into the Facebook group, the My Silent Team Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com if you're hearing this audio and you're not in there yet. Just type in the search phrase ungated or ungating, and you're going to see numerous conversations where people talk about this topic. Typically, they're going to say, hey, get into those categories, like I just mentioned, where there are wide open brands everywhere by the millions and just sell some of those. I'm talking about pet supplies, not pet food, everything else, sporting goods, arts and crafts, kitchen, housewares, those sorts of things. I'm forgetting one. I can't remember what it is right now. School and office supplies. That's it. Wide open for the most part. Now, if you jump straight into food and start finding all these great ASINs, no, you're not ungated for that yet. Sorry, but it will magically happen. You will be ungated for food. Poof, it'll just pop open for you after you've sold a few items. And Amazon knows that they can trust you. So they tend to lock down some of those higher risk categories, toys, food, stuff for babies, that sort of thing. They really lock that down. Don't get frustrated. Don't look in the categories where you're very likely to be gated and everything. Look in the categories where you're likely to be ungated and you're going to find a lot of success. Once you've sold a few things, you're off to the races. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I have to tell you about a coaching program that's been around for about 19 years. It's coached almost 10,000 
e-commerce business building warriors. It's got a team of about 60 coaches who are not only great teachers with tremendous hearts who love their students, but they're all succeeding at the business strategies that you hear taught on this show. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking about our coaching program. There's a link at silentgym.com. Get over there, get on our schedule, have a free consultation, zero pressure. We're going to help you build your business on that call. Sign up at silentgym.com, free consultation. See if our coaching program is a good fit for you, where you get to not only work one-on-one with one of our tremendous coaches, not only do you get that, you also get a reactive coach that you can contact at any point in time. That's a separate coach. You get all the training and content that we provide around here at no cost now and into the future. Tremendous list of benefits. I'm not going to go into all of them right now. Silentgym.com. Click on the coaching link, sign up for a consultation. Hey, let's get back to the program. Okay. Joseph is saying, uh, learning how to find underserved listings and price above the buy box has been one of the biggest contributors to my growth. Yeah. Joseph, there you go. It works, man. I love it. That is a vital comment to understand. You're not looking for good products. You're not looking for products where there aren't enough sellers and there's a lot of demand. All these common sense lessons that you've kind of learned about how business works, set it aside for a minute. And you've got to imagine Amazon as 200 warehouses spread out all over the entire United States, located right next door in some cases to people who really want the product right now and they don't care what the price is. That's an underserved warehouse. It could really use a popular ASIN that's just not sitting there right now. And if you send it in and put a nice high price on it, I mean, I know my family does this frequently. Hey, we're having a bunch of people over. We got everything all set. Everyone's going to do to arrive three hours from now. Oh no, we don't have fill in the blank, whatever that is. We don't care what the lowest price is to ship it two days from now from 18 states away. No, we want it an hour from now. We're trying to decide, does Jim have to get in the car and go to Walmart and spend the last hour and a half before the party tracking down that crazy thing? Or does Prime Now have it? And if Prime Now has it, we're not price shopping, baby. I'm not going out. I'm Prime Now in it, and it's going to show up right on time. Who cares if I paid $12 more than I would have had I waited two days? I'm ready to go because I just ordered it. Boom, Prime Now got it an hour from now on my front porch. That's not a price-sensitive shopper. Millions of people use Amazon that way all day, every day. If you're looking for listings on Amazon through the lens of everybody's a price-sensitive shopper taking their time and willing to wait up to four days, you're not looking at it the right way and you're missing out on a lot of opportunity. That's what we mean by underserved listings. Many warehouses have zero inventory of that popular item. And if you can send a few in at a high price, odds are someone's going to snag it. It's a simple enough lesson, but it really confounds a lot of people till they've heard it the fifth, 10th, 15th, 30th time. And then finally they go, oh, wait a second. I don't have to pay attention to the buy box because a lot of customers out there all day, every day are buying products way above buy box because of the convenience and the speed. Just makes sense. Get out there, test a few ASINs. That's the beauty of replens. Dante is asking, what does Keepa do better than, say, 
Jungle Scout or any of the other tools out there, go listen to podcast episode 369 at silentgym.com, Dante. I really dive into it deep, but the shortest version of my answer as to why Keepa is so much better than literally every other tool, even the tools that cost literally 20 times more per month than Keepa, here's why. Because they scrape their own data from Amazon. They're not relying on Amazon's data feed, the one that they want everyone to buy. They go into Amazon.com and use a massive bank of servers and scrape their own data. What are they scraping that no one else has? Primarily, the sales rank over an extended period of time. Amazon does not provide that data. But if I know the sales rank of an ASIN over an extended period of time, I can tell how popular that item is. And I can start to estimate with at least a reasonable bit of certainty how many times per month that product is selling. And then I can make some decent decisions about whether it's a product that I want to jump on or not. That's what Keepa does better than literally every other tool out there. And the people come to me sometimes like, hey, Jim, I uh, found this tool they actually tell how many times per month the rank changed in their tool. Did you know that they're doing it too, just like Keepa? Like, well, <laughs> they're actually buying Keepa's data and integrating it into their tool, which is great. You can pay three times as much as Keepa if you'd like for a tool that's got a nice graphical user interface and then incorporates all their data. That's cool. But Keepa is the basic level tool that scrapes that data. And it does all kinds of other things that no other tool does. We've got a course inside the Proven Amazon course. We've got a module. There's dozens of modules in there. One of them is the Advanced Keepa training that dives into over 10 different ways to use Keepa to hunt down profitable replans that are worth testing. Test-worthy ASINs, I should say. Not profitable because you don't know the profit till it's sold. Test-worthy ASINs. Is this worth my time to test? Keepa has multiple ways that it can help you find those. If there is consistent movement in the sales rank, numbers higher than 100K that you wouldn't, is there a number that I wouldn't test? Okay, so I'm going to restate your question and you can get on here live, Eric, if I'm not stating it correctly. Because reading it as it's written, I'm not sure I'm clear. But I think what you're saying is if the rank is bumping up and down fast, indicating changes in sales rank, but it's ranked over 100,000. Say it's really ranked way down in the catalog. Would I still consider it? Absolutely, 100%. Yes, no question. Green light, go for it. If the rank is bouncing up and down and it drops enough times per month, say 40 times per month, this is, this is the number I'm looking for, which is a good, fair number, because at that point, I can be fairly confident that that thing is selling at least 100, if not say multiple times more than it, 800 times a month, if it's dropping 40 times on Keepa, I don't care what the sales rank is. I couldn't care less what the sales rank is. Ignore that column completely. Turn that data point off. The actual sales rank doesn't matter. It's how many times is the sales rank moving from a low place to a better place, indicating at least one sale occurred. Because the only way for sales rank to move on an ASIN from a lower place to a better place is for a sale, at least one sale, to occur. So I don't care if it went from 100,000 to 50, or it went from 50,000 to 20,000. I don't care if it went from half a million to 400,000, or if it went from 10,000 to 5,000. In either case, at least one sale occurred. 
where it happens to rank at any given time in comparison to other products, I really don't care. We don't train our VAs, our replant hunters to even look at that number, that data point. Some people will say, I'll never sell anything unless it's top 1%. What you're really saying is, I'm never going to sell anything unless there's at least 100 other sellers already all over it. Okay, have fun with that, <laughs> right? I mean, you can find that stuff on sale and you can create a hamster wheel basically of you know hunting down sales and trying to jump on those really fast-moving ASINs. Some people have done quite well with it. There's a whole business model in just looking at the most popular grocery items, the top 1%, and waiting for them to go on sale. And then they have some national chain and then rather than sending them in FBA, along with all 50 other sellers who are doing the same thing that day because they just went on sale nationally, you merchant fulfill it. You do FBM. You ship it yourself. Before that cart hits the register at the front of the store on Sunday morning or whenever the sale starts, you've already listed those products at a competitive price on this product that sells 800 times a day. And you've got people snagging that stuff, buying it from you before your shopping cart hits the checkout register. You can do that. That's great. It's a hustle. I met a guy at our last conference who's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month with that total hustle mode, waiting on sales for the most popular grocery items, top 1%, and then merchant fulfilling rather than waiting the two or three weeks to box it up and send it into Amazon. Then Amazon unboxes it, then loses a few, then finds them again, then gets them sent out to the warehouses all over the country. And then finally, two or three weeks from now, they're up for sale, along with everybody else who took advantage of the coupon. You don't want to do that. If you're going to chase fast-moving grocery items or fast-moving items in any category, you're going to want a merchant fulfill them if at all possible and get out ahead of the crowd. There's some space there. There's some breathing space there. I don't like to do that. I don't like I like the pace of buying a few when we sell a few, nice and slow. Team can't work today. That's cool. We'll send the shipment in tomorrow. I like that pace. We don't operate on that. Hey, you got to hit it today. The money won't be there tomorrow. We just, it's just not necessary. But that's the pace we like in our business. If you're in total hustle mode and you don't mind, you know, getting in line at 3 a.m., <laughs> Black Friday at Best Buy, yeah, there's there's ways to make money doing this stuff. But I like a sustainable system, a nice pace, something we can scale over time that kind of runs on its own. People can actually have a life outside of the business. We can actually enjoy the month of December with family versus running around like chickens with our heads cut off. But there's a lot of money to be made if you're willing to go into hustle mode for some of these opportunities. So hopefully that helps you out there. Uh, we've got Joseph. He's going to talk about toys. Uh, Joseph is saying he sells a lot of toys and he's noticing listings where other sellers are creating listings where they just add a sticker in the attempt to create a branded bundle. Is that a way to make a good bundle? Absolutely, unquestionably terrible. Don't do it, Joseph. No, those listings and arguably those sellers have a very short shelf life in their Amazon business. If you're just trying to throw some useless random something on there, have a nice day sticker comes with every Xbox so you can make a new listing and sell a bunch of Xboxes, uh, nope, dude, not going to work. Now it may work for a few days <laughs> and you could sell a bunch in a few days, but eventually all of those listings come down crashing and burning. And typically the accounts do as well. Amazon's really ramping up enforcement. A lot of the value of our new bundle training, provenbrandedbundles.com 
is that we really steer you into what makes for a unique, valuable component that you can add in and make a nice bundle. I mean, think of it this way. You're in charge of Amazon's catalog. You're in charge of the customer experience as people scroll around Amazon's catalog. You remember very well that one of the things that made Amazon explode past eBay 12, 13 years ago was the fact that the customer experience was just so much better. If I got on eBay and I wanted to buy, let's use the Xbox example, I don't have to look through 473 pages of people selling the exact same item. Oh, this guy includes a controller. Oh, this guy's is used. Oh, this guy's is refurbished. This guy's new. That guy's new. That guy's new. Oh, here's a guy who includes a Frogger game. Oh, this, like, what a tedious, ridiculous way to shop for anything. I mean, eBay, come on, let's admit it. I love it. But man, it's tedious as a shopper to go through and find what it is you're trying to get. Amazon said, hey, if we got 800 people selling the exact same item, we're going to stick them all in the same listing. So from the customer's experience, they see one listing, here's all the sellers, they can compare the prices, get in, get out, keep what you're looking for, buy it from the one that's closest to you and the fastest, or wait a few days and get it from the cheapest. It's up to you, customer, but it's all right here on one page. If you were in charge of that catalog, would you want people listing Xboxes with a smiley face sticker that says, have a nice day? No. Does that make the shopper's experience better? No, of course not. So is Amazon going to want that listing in their catalog? Absolutely not. They're actually probably going to send somebody to your house and beat you up and take away your account eventually. It's just a matter of time. They don't want you there. They don't want clown listings. They want nice listings that make the shopper's experience better. The example I gave you a few minutes ago, my buddy Nathan, the director of our coaching team, he's been with me 20 years. How crazy is that? Someone put up with me long, almost as long as my wife. We've been together 30, coming up on 30 years. He's been with me 20 years. We've coached 10,000 people in e-commerce. He's got one of his listings, bundle listing. It's everything you need in order to put down tile in a room. Tile, the stuff you're going to need, the tools, the sealants, the whatever. I don't know what all goes into that. It's everything. He's compiled it from a bunch of different places. Now that's adding value to the catalog because people don't have to go pecking around looking for stuff. That's a bundle that's going to last. So no, sticking a sticker along with a toy, that's not a valid listing. Absolutely won't last. Don't do it yourself. If you say, well, hey, Jim, I know this guy's been doing that for six months and he made a killing. Well, he better stack his cash because Amazon's going to freeze his account, freeze his cash that they owe him at some point. He's going to have to battle for who knows how long to get that money back because he's creating clown listings that clog up the Amazon shopping experience. Yep. So stay away from that stuff. Get into the branded bundle training the way we teach it. Do it the right way. Add value to the catalog and you can build some beautiful bundles. We've got people doing multiple six figures monthly with beautiful bundles that Amazon loves, the customer loves, the competitors can't compete with because there's a value add product that's been added into their brand that no one else can get their hands on. That's the stuff we teach here. Is there any one-on-one training that will teach you how to source using Keepa? Absolutely, there is. Great question. That's what our coaching program is. If you want one-on-one training, that's our coaching program. And that's the, the best way to go about it. Now, we do encourage people to jump into mastermind groups and form relationships. There's a couple posts in our Facebook group that you can look at. One of them has all the major cities of the world at this point listed. And you can kind of scroll through and see who else lives in a city near me. You can just search our Facebook group 
for, you know, let's say you live in central Florida, search our Facebook group for Miami, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, use those terms. And you're going to see other people who contributed to that long post where we encourage you and others to post what big cities are near you. The bigger the city, obviously, the better and more likely there's going to be people mentioning that city. And then you can kind of start to dial in. Oh, you live on the south side of Orlando. I'm on the north side of Orlando. Man, you guys have a group going yet? Absolutely. We meet every third Tuesday of the month. We'd love to have you, right? So you start to form those relationships with people who live near you. That is that is a huge way to start to get some of these relationships that lead to sessions where you just sit down and like, hey, explain to me this this part of Kipa. I don't understand it. Can you just talk me through it? Now, the re- people who f- who pursue those kind of relationships, those are the ones who do really, really well. Regardless of whether you have coaching or not, what tools you used, what strategies you used, how much money you had to start with, how intelligent you are, those are all important factors, sure. But the people who pursue relationships intentionally, and maybe you pay for those first couple of relationships, you get, get into coaching, get those you know good relationships going. But the people who pursue relationships and interaction do so much better. And I've even come to say this the past couple of years, year and a half or so at least, the number one identifying factor of the people that make it versus the people who don't is the pursuit, the intentional pursuit of relationships, interaction, conversations, Zoom sessions, getting in your car, going to lunch, meeting up with others, going to events. People who do that succeed. People who try to do it as a lone wolf they fail. It's built under human nature. E-commerce is a very lonely place. It's very isolating. Odds are there's no one else in your house that's interested in this. There's some married couples doing it together, but a lot of us are kind of doing it alone. You need other people who are not built for isolation. The good book says it. One of the first chapters, man is not meant to be alone. God said it himself. It wasn't just talking about male, female getting married. He's talking about you are not meant to live in isolation don't set yourself up in your business for isolation. You will benefit greatly from the relationships in this community. So if you want to learn some of these basic skills without paying for coaching, can't afford the course, hey, build some relationships, hang out. You have things to bring to the table as do the others in your group. One great way to start to form these relationships, it costs you $40, is our Kickstart program. You can contact our support team. There's a link at silentgym.com and say, hey, Jim, talk about Kickstart. I'm going to I want to hear more about that. Kickstart is a group of proven Amazon course students who recently jumped in or they bought it a while ago and haven't done anything with it yet. And they haven't quite made their first couple sales and they just want to learn the basics. That group of people going through the process together, learning about Keepa, learning about sending in your first shipment, learning about some of the rules and details of what you can, the whole ungating thing, talking about that, right? Doing it with a group is so much better than doing it alone. So if you're a proven Amazon course student and you're looking for those relationships, contact our support team about Kickstart. I think we're even setting up a link at silentgym.com slash kickstart. It just points you to a little bit of information. You can't buy the program on that page because again, you have to be a proven Amazon course student, but you can learn more about the program on that page. I think we've got that set up now. If not, we will soon. So jot that down if you want to investigate that or like I said, contact our support team. Are the prep centers on your prep center list vetted or is it just a list of prep centers that are known to exist? Great question, Craig. Let me lay a little foundation and then I'll answer your question. What's a prep center? Well, a prep center, like I mentioned earlier, is simply a place where you can ship your inventory that you've bought 
typically online, instead of shipping it to your front porch, you ship it to someone else who can slap some stickers on it, get it ready to be sent into Amazon, inspect it, that sort of thing. They'll receive your inventory, send it on to Amazon for you. A lot of them even do merchant fulfill or some of the more creative ones will even handle your returns for you. We hear sometimes like people get into selling shoes where there's like a you know 15% chance of a return on every everything you sell. Do you want that stack on your front porch? Oh, let's send it somewhere else. There's a prep center and you can find them. Silentgym.com slash returns has information on the prep center that will receive your Amazon returns, handle them for you, sell them on eBay on your behalf, give you a portion of the proceeds after expenses, like a beautiful arrangement. So we've got a list of these prep centers that we know about. The list is growing and changing. Sometimes they open, sometimes they close. Sometimes ones we've never heard of been around a long time. They get added on. PrepCenterNetwork.com is simply a list of all known prep centers. We don't vouch for any of them. We don't say that one's good. Ooh, this one's bad. Ooh, this one's having trouble. We don't do any of that because each of them have a bunch of customers. And at any given time, if you've ever owned a business before, you know there's a bell curve of experiences. You've got some really, really, really happy customers. You've got some slightly upset customers. You got most people in the middle who are, yeah, they were doing pretty good, right? We're not going to get in there and grade them and give them a star ranking system. None of that. It's just a list. And then you can go in and find them, talk to them, test a few out. We have people who swear by some prep centers as just the best thing ever. And then other people who email us and go, those guys stink. They lost one of my shipments. You should tell everybody that they're terrible. Like, no, we're not going to get into that game. We don't do that. PrepCenterNetwork.com is just a list of the available known prep centers. There's none that we favor above others. Some specialize in different things. We've got a handful of clients at my prep center, not necessarily looking for new clients at any given time, We've got some clients, we handle a bunch of really fragile glass. <laughs> like we spend a lot of time and we charge them a fair amount. It's a very individual relationship. Am I looking for a bunch of other clients that I can sell their glass? No, probably not. It's a, it's a pretty unique arrangement. You know? So you just never you just have to build the relationship. We're, we're doing the best service we can just by providing that list. Rep Center Network. Good question, Craig. How beneficial are the virtual assistants? I've been using Keepa product finder, been very helpful, but a VA would be helpful to help me uh, source faster. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything that can be automated or anything that's re- repetitive about any business, especially if it's online, just as a general rule, let's talk about virtual assistants for a minute. As a general rule, as a business owner, you don't want to be doing anything that's repetitive, almost mindless or like, ah, time to do that again. It's got to be done. Here we go. Step one, step two, step three, check the box, check the box. You don't want to be the one doing that. Now, initially, yeah, you need to be. But hiring a virtual assistant from somewhere like, say, the Philippines, where the average hourly wage on the island is $1 per hour US. So you can pay somebody four times minimum wage for $4 an hour and have them working hard. I mean, I'm talking about people that speak English well. They're Technically, uh, they're technically gifted, uh, talented. Uh, they communicate well. They work hard. You know, you you go in and do the interview process, and you find that right one. You start training some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? It's one of the most underserved leverage points in all of e-commerce. And my vantage point is really smart, motivated people 
whose lives you can change dramatically by giving them three or $4 per hour? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely get a virtual assistant every chance you get. Now, you're going to need to be the one that gets them up to speed, trains them, shows them the ropes. We've tried these mass training things before and they worked fairly well, but not well enough for our standards. When we roll something out, we want it to work really well for everybody who gives it a great effort. And we had some weak spots when we tried to roll this out in mass in the past. So now we're saying, hey, take the skills that you know, take the content that you have access to, the proven Amazon course, teach it to a VA that you found and that you hired, build them up on your team. Absolutely. It's beautiful. We've got several VAs on our team. Any process that becomes repetitive for anyone on our team, we're offloading it to a virtual assistant. If it's a virtual task that can be completed by somebody sitting at a computer, might as well be someone sitting at a computer in the Philippines, right? Why not? Three, $4 an hour, you've changed their life, paying them three or four times minimum wage. I mean, imagine hiring somebody in the United States for four times minimum wage. What is that now? 15 bucks most places, $60 an hour. How motivated would you get somebody to say, hey, I'm going to pay you 60 bucks an hour to sit here and go through and look for winning test-worthy ASINs on this list? Yeah, sign me up. Are you kidding me? I can work whatever I want. All I got to do is you know, find a good handful a day. That's the gig. I'll even give you a bonus for each one you find, right? Four bucks an hour. You get some people pretty excited for three or $4 an hour in the Philippines. Uh, and I'm not going to dive real deep into how to hire and find a good one, but there is a great content training module in the Proven Amazon course that talks about that. And you'll find that very beneficial if you start that journey. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.